Lord, we love your presence. We love the way you love us. You pursue us. You're, you're relentless, Lord, in your pursuit of us. Even, even when we pull away or push away, you, you keep coming. We thank you today that there are people in this room and people watching online who have experienced exactly that today already. We've experienced your love for us and the way that you love toward us, not away from us. And so I pray as we continue through today uh, that we would go deeper and deeper into your love and that we would never, never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Before you sit down, we're going to receive our offering, and so I want to, we're going to pray an offering prayer. Uh, our prayer today is from St. Augustine or Augustine. You get to choose whichever one you want to go with. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may be all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work, too, may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. Amen. Jesus. All right. Several ways to give. All of them on the screen you can see. You can text to give. You can give through our app, Riverstone app. You can also mail checks to our post office box. All right. Kelly. <laughs> this is Kelly Chatfield. And uh, she is uh, the coordinator for our uh, Operation Christmas Child. She has something to say. Awesome. You want to use this? Just preach while you're at it. Just okay. I am our drop-off team leader, and um, we're going to be doing um, the shoebox collecting again this year, as we did last year. And they did show a video clip, but in case you didn't know about that or don't remember what we did, just a, a brief recap. Um, the tangible gift of God's love is brought to children all over this world, literally, and it begins with a shoebox. And I was just thinking during worship, we were singing of God's goodness. We were singing of His forgiveness. And we know that, but it's, it's bringing an opportunity for these children to know this. Um, in 2009, not only was it a shoebox gift, but as you saw in the video, the children had this little booklet. It's in their language. It's a program called The Greatest Journey. And they're invited to, um, with parent permission, to get to participate in this 12-week program. And through that, they're, they're presented creation through the cross, and many come to make a decision for Christ. So this is where it becomes missional. Through that, as you see, parents come to the graduation ceremony, new churches start, and multiplication happens. So it's so missional. But I just wanted to share a statistic from 2019 since we did this last year. Um, I think 10.5 million shoeboxes were collected globally from collecting countries and sent out. These countries that they go to, they try not to repeat. Um, they're trying to go to, they're getting places into the 1040 window and hard to reach places. Um, from that, 4.3 million children last year um, 
participated in the greatest journey and 2.2 million children reported a decision to accept Christ as their savior. Wow. That's amazing. So last year being our first year as a drop-off location, we were told to maybe only expect maybe 500 boxes to collect because we're just new, a new spot, people may not know about us. However, Riverstone rose to the challenge and just from Riverstone alone, we collected 470 boxes. And then when we were open during National Collection Week, we collected a total of 2,500 boxes last year. (laughs) That was awesome. So as you can imagine, it's going to look a little different this year, as most things have. We'll still be open um, for National Collections Week. That's November 16th to the 23rd. But instead of um, our donors bringing their boxes in like we did last year, I loved it. But we're going to do a literal drive through But the covered portico area is a perfect place for that. Um, donors don't even have to get out of their car if they're not comfortable, you know, even doing that. We can still meet them. Um, Operation Christmas Child is providing us with PPE, so it will be safe for us, and they will feel comfortable as well. Um, We'll receive those boxes. We'll still ask them if they would like us to pray over the shoe boxes, and then keeping it as an outreach, just ask whoever comes up, because a lot of these people are unchurched from our community, is there anything we can pray for you about? So it's a good way to kind of keep that going as well. So we need your help. Um, One way that you can help, we could use your help um, serving with the hours that we are open. And we have a Sign Up Genius link that has been created, and that will come out in the emailed newsletter um, next week. Or you can stop by the Welcome Center where you've seen our display out there, and there's there's slots that you can sign up for there as well. And last year, if you remember too, um, one of the really neat things that we did, we collected items in bulk, and we had a really large, fun, church-wide packing party. Um, we packed 200 shoeboxes doing that last year. So, of course, we can't do that, but um, we're still going to, we have a team that's working on some logistics of doing a smaller packing party, and that is going to be on um, Sunday, November the 8th, after the 10 a.m. service. And so we are still collecting items. They were supposed to be listed on the screen, but that's okay. I did see them in the emailed newsletter um, just this past week, so that will continue to be in there, excuse me, if you want to donate that way. Um, But that being said, some people may feel more comfortable doing things at home, and I encourage you to do that. We've we've got the shoeboxes here, so if you want to do a neighborhood party or a small group party, or even last night we had a birthday party for my daughter, and one of our activities was to pack shoeboxes, and they loved it. We packed 16 shoeboxes just last night at my house, so um, I encourage you, just do it, because although, you know, People haven't been able to go on mission trips, and, you know, it's been a very different year, but the need for those children to hear the hope of Jesus is probably greater than ever before with all that's going on right now. So I want to challenge us. We did 470 boxes last year. Let's do 600 this year. Let's do it. We've Let's bought the boxes. It. They're out there. Go grab them. Be a part of this. Be missional with us. Mm. And let's pack some boxes however you feel comfortable. Because remember, wow. every box is a child's heart and an opportunity for them to hear the gospel. Amen. Good job. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you so much. So who had, who had a birthday? Lily. Oh. Thirteen. Thirteen? That's amazing. Happy birthday, Lily. All right. So, we've got a couple other things. Uh, I would call your attention again to the fact that 
Uh, RS Kids is trying to launch the nursery uh, November 1st. A bunch of you signed up last week to help volunteer with that, and uh, we need more. We need more people. I think we need 40 volunteers just for the month of November, and, uh, and we don't want to launch it until we know that we can do it for the whole month. So I'm not sure how many we have, but it's, it's somewhere around 15 to 20 so far, so we're about halfway there. So we need some people to sign up this week and next week to be volunteers in the nursery. And um, we have never had a, uh, an adult seriously hurt by a baby. I, this, it's just something that's a good record for us. And uh, so it's, it's a relatively safe place. So I encourage you, uh, don't be afraid. Sign up, volunteer, and uh, you, may, you may even see me in there. So not as a baby, but as an adult. Okay, so I'll do that. Uh, also remind you of the email survey that went out. We really do want you to pray over that, through that. Um, we're, just, we're trying to get ready, trying to position ourselves for next year. We believe uh, that 2021 20, uh, is going to be a great year. We really do. We're looking forward to seeing where God's going to take us and, and uh, what, what he has in mind for us. This has been, you know, 2020, it's been a year of recalibrating. And uh, it hasn't just been us. It's just been, it's been worldwide. Uh, church-wide, and uh, we're excited, actually, in, in looking at it as an opportunity. I was standing here a minute ago, and Kelly said something about uh, how things were so different, and, and I said, thought to myself, whatever do you mean? Um, seemed, everything just seems perfectly normal to me. So uh, it's been interesting, but we believe and trust God has a plan, and he's taken us somewhere. And uh, we, we do believe that God, the economy of the kingdom is increase, and that God has more for us. And so we're looking forward to that. So pray over those um, surveys and, and look at them as a family and, and get those back to us uh, first part of November so we can get ready uh, and, and position ourselves for next year. Anybody know that there's something happening tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're excited about tonight. I, I'm, I, let me just say to you, uh, I'm thrilled to see people here this morning. I, it dawned on me last night as we were finishing up, we had a group of people praying up there on the, on the field in preparation for tonight, and uh, it dawned on me. We've pushed Sunday night so hard. I hope somebody comes Sunday morning. And so thank you. You guys are an answer to prayer. Uh, you don't know what it's like. We did it for several weeks. Preaching to an empty room is not fun. And uh, so for about the first eight weeks or 10 weeks of COVID, we had to do that and uh, didn't, didn't enjoy it. So thank you for being here this morning. Those of you who are watching online, thank you uh, for watching online. Uh, let, me, let me say, before I talk about tonight, let me say this to those of you who are watching. Um, we love you guys. We know, we understand. Uh, there are people who, who aren't ready to come back yet. And uh, we don't, we're not pushing anybody to come back before they're ready. Uh, but we do want to say this to you. We miss you. Uh, we do. Uh, church is not supposed to be done alone. And we miss you. And uh, we need you. And so pray. Um, try to get ready. Okay? Don't just relax where you are. Try to get ready. Do whatever you need to do uh, to get ready. But again, no pressure. Uh, I understand some of, some of you have uh, existing conditions that you really need to stay home and, uh, and not put yourself in a dangerous situation. We totally get that. 
Uh, reach out to us if that's your situation because we want to know uh, how you're doing and we want to know how we can take care of you better. Uh, but just know that uh, we love uh, all of the people of Riverstone. We, we love you. We love the ones that are here. We love the ones that are watching. We love the ones that are going to be here and the ones that are going to be watching. Uh, and so uh, just know that. And uh, we do look forward to uh, all being together again. Uh, it's, it's been too long. Uh, okay, so tonight is outdoor service. It's going to be amazing. And uh, we're looking forward to that. It starts at 6 o'clock. We have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and believed God for something incredible. And we believe that this is something that he put on our hearts to do. We, we didn't come up with an event and ask God to bless our event. Uh, this is something we believe God told us to do. And so uh, we've prayed and, and we've planned. And honestly, at this point, uh, we've, we've kind of done everything we can do. And now we're just going to step back tonight and watch God. Uh, he's the one that does the, the really good stuff. And so we're coming tonight to see his show, see what he has in mind. And uh, so I uh, just encourage you to come and be a part. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, you're going to get to hear some young uh, fireballs go for it. Uh, Matt Roskin's going to share a word, our, our youth pastor. Uh, Sam Bueller. Uh, is going to share a word, and uh, excited about hearing from from Sam Yomi Adiaye is going to yeah she's got a fan club over here the Adiaye row over there thank you I just love saying your name um, so she's going to be sharing and uh, and then Julie Davies also will be sharing so it's going to be a powerful night uh, a lot of worship. A lot of prayer. We're going to have prayer tents set up around. And at the end of the night, we're going to baptize folks. So if you've never been baptized uh, as a believer, uh, come tonight ready, ready to be baptized. And uh, somebody asked me, well, you know, how much water are you talking about? And uh, I, I would just say picture Niagara Falls. Uh, we want to make sure that you're completely baptized, Okay. So now I grew up Methodist, and I know all about sprinkling. This ain't that. It won't be that. So come on, all right? Look forward to seeing you tonight. Uh, bring somebody with you. Bring somebody with you. It'll be great. It's a great thing. It'll be a great night to bring, bring friends to. All right. So let me ask you a question. Um, how's your soul? How's your soul these days? Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, you, you thought your soul was just between you and God, didn't you? You didn't know that it was about us. You didn't know that to be healthy, you had to really be a part of a larger community than, than just two. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the challenges, really, of, of, of COVID. It's been, you know, this separation. And uh, too many people having to spend too much time by themselves. And, uh, yeah, loneliness. People are lonely. I don't know if you know, but more people have died during COVID um, through drug overdose or suicide than by COVID. Uh, because this thing is just, it's ripped a heart, it's ripped a hole 
in people's hearts, uh, their souls. And uh, do you know who's responsible for your soul? You are. <laughs> you are. Now, obviously, God is the feeder of your soul, and God is the healer of your soul. God is the one who breathes life into your soul, but you have to make choices and you have to make decisions for that to happen. You have to be willing to open the door to him. You know, there was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, hey, what do I have to do? And Jesus told him, and he just walked away. And so you, you and I can walk away. We can walk away or we can take a step, a step towards him. I'm going to read today. I, I intentionally didn't put this on the screen because I, I want to read it to you. This is from Matthew chapter 16. I want you to just listen um, rather than, than read along. So just, just listen to these words, beginning at verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good would it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul. Lord, I pray uh, that you would speak to us uh, today, uh, that we would hear from you, uh, that every, every word and every purpose that you have for today uh, would come forth. Uh, nothing, nothing would be missed. Nothing would be left out. In Jesus' name, amen. I have uh, I've pondered this, this passage really, really most of my Christian life, just looking at it and, and just, you know, wondering, you know, what exactly does this mean? And, you know, it, it really is a, a lot of people preach it because it fits so wonderfully into a three-point sermon. Uh, but really, when you, when you kind of boil it down, it's not three, it's not three things. It's just one thing. It really is just one thing. It's this whole passage Jesus is talking about following him. That's, that's what he's saying to the disciples is, you know, if, you wanna, if you want to have life, you got to follow me. And, and he kind of explains how you do that. And, and uh, you know, that first phrase he, he says is, if you want to come after me, 
You got to deny yourself. What does that mean? You know, what, what does it mean to deny yourself? Well, pretty much everything that is not our culture today. I mean, I mean you, you can't get much further away uh, from self-denial than the culture that we live in. The culture that we live in is all about me. It's all about my rights. It's all about what is fair to me. It's all about what I deserve. And um, Jesus is saying, it's really not about that. Uh, it's really not about getting what you deserve. In fact, the greatest part of the gospel, y'all, the greatest part of the gospel is that we don't get what we deserve. I mean, that is the best part. And, and if we really know what we deserve, uh, we know that pretty clearly. Uh, it's not about my rights. It's not about what I deserve. And, and it's not about that you know, thing that we love to say, that this is not fair. Aren't you glad that the gospel is not fair? If it was fair, we would be in such a mess. We would be in such a mess, but the gospel is not fair. It's not fair at all. It's an invitation to receive what you don't deserve. To receive what you don't deserve. Um, but what, what does it look like to deny yourself? Well, it looks like loving your enemies. It looks like praying for those that curse you. It looks like not seeking revenge. It looks like not retaliating. I grew up in a house with, there were six children. I had an older brother who, you know, from the day that I could walk, could beat me up. He was five years older than me. He could beat me up. He knew he could beat me up, and he enjoyed beating me up. And that's just, you know, the way it was. But now, right below him, there were two sisters that were also older than me. And so I guess the, the more difficult, I mean, I expected my older brother to beat me up. Um, but what was more difficult was that my two sisters could beat me up. And, and they were older than me, and they were bigger than me, and they could beat me up. And then there came a day when they couldn't beat me up. And at that point, you know what my dad said? Can't hit girls. So now I can beat them up, but I can't beat them up. And so I had two younger brothers. Please don't talk to them about their childhood. <laughs> if you do, you'll have to change churches. But it was a natural thing, right? I've been beat up by my brother. I've been beat up by my sisters. It's time for me to beat up my little brothers. And in our house, there was always a rule. You can't hit first. You would think that if you can't hit first, there would be no hitting, right? I still don't understand how there was so much hitting in our house when the one rule about hitting was you can't hit first. But apparently everyone, everyone in my house was hitting second. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of our nature, isn't it? You kind of want to, anytime something happens, it's always they hit me first. They hit me first. And, and when you look at the gospel story and you look at the Passion Week of Jesus, they hit him first, they hit him second, they hit him third, they hit him fourth, they hit him all week long. And he never hit back. If there's ever been a person walk the face of the earth 
who could have hit back and it been the last blow. It was him. He never, never hit back. He never hit back, and that's really what it means to deny yourself. Jesus, when he was accused and when he was falsely accused, the Scripture says he didn't even speak a word. And that's what it means. That's what it means to deny yourself. Jesus was perfect. He had no sin. He had done no wrong. He was falsely accused, but he made no reply. No reply. He didn't say, you don't understand. Don't you know who I am? He said, instead, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's what it means to deny yourself. Second, he says, take up your cross. And I don't know, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my cross is. Anybody here tried to figure out what what your cross is? And, And then it dawns on me, you know, after I've been a Christian for a few years and I haven't been able to figure out what my cross is, that that's not what he's talking about. He's not asking me to find a cross. He's asking me to pick up his cross There's only one cross. He's not asking me, figure out what your cross is and I will help you with your cross. No, he's saying, here's the cross. I'm gonna get on it. Will you get on it with me? Will you get on it with me? Because to follow me means that you have to get on it with him. And what does that even mean? He died on the cross so that people could be forgiven. And, and, and we can't join him on his cross if all we care about is revenge and retali- retaliation and what I deserve and, and what is right and fair. But to position ourselves with him on the cross is, again, to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so his invitation to us when he says, pick up your cross, he's saying, Here, this is my mission. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm about. If you want to go with me, pick up a cross and come on. Pick up a cross and let's go. It's not a passive thing. He's saying, pick up a cross and let's together pursue forgiveness and reconciliation and let's gather the lost so that every man woman and child on the earth has a chance to hear. And I love, I love the fact that these boxes go to children who may not ever have a chance to hear the gospel any other way. I had a chance uh, last week. I, went on a, I, was, I was invited to go on a pastor's retreat with Compassion International, which is another, another group who, who does incredible work uh, if you've ever been to a Christian concert, you've heard a Compassion International pitch. And I don't know, sometimes maybe you've been to a bunch of concerts and you've heard a bunch of pitches from Compassion International and maybe you've started to just think, oh gosh, this would be a great time to, to step out and go get you know, something from the concession stand. And, and I've, I'll promise you I've been there. I've been there before where I just wanted to just, you know, let's just worship, let's just hear the concert. Why do we have to hear another? But guys, you have no idea what they're doing. 
unbelievable. Unbelievable work what Compassion International is doing and the number of children that they're reaching and actually saving, pulling out of poverty. And last week, I had a chance to, to meet one. Uh, on our trip, on our pastor's retreat, there was a guy, and he, he grew up as a compassion child. And uh, he was, had a single mom. They were poor. He wasn't able to go to school. And his mom worked all day, every day, in hopes that she would make enough for them to eat a meal that day. And that was his life until he was five years old and somebody sponsored him through compassion. And through that relationship, he came to know Jesus. He went to school. He graduated from college. And now he works for a Fortune 500 company in the U.S. Why? Because somebody sponsored him. It's amazing. And there are people, there are, there are groups like Samaritan's Purse and like Compassion. They're, they're moving out into the world, uh, reaching the lost, reaching the poor. And, and it's, it's amazing. And that's what it means to take up your cross, to join Jesus in his mission to make sure that every man, woman, and child has a chance to hear the gospel and respond. So really when Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, it's all about following. It's all about one thing, follow me. Jesus came, he came teaching and preaching about the kingdom. He came calling people to repent and give their, themselves to him about the kingdom. Jesus came healing the sick so that they could join in his kingdom. He came setting captives free so they could become a part of his kingdom. And that's his invitation to us, to every, every one of us. Preach the truth. Preach the gospel to the lost. Disciple, make disciples of those who believe. And bring every person into maturity in Christ and position them for the place of greatest impact and greatest influence for the kingdom of God. Heal the sick and, and believe God to bring freedom for the captives. That the chains that hold this community and so many communities like it back will be broken in the name of Jesus, and freedom would reign. Amen. And we would again enjoy the presence of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. The economy of the kingdom is increase. The economy of the kingdom is increase. Whether you know it or not, whether it feels like it at this moment or not, understand this, we are winning. In fact, we've already won. Amen. Now let's pray. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we love you. And uh, we thank you for the, the invitation, really, to, to get on the cross. And uh, we know that for you it was real. For us it's somewhat 
in a lot of ways symbolic. But at the same time, your call to us is to embrace what you did and live for the reasons that you did it. That every man, woman, and child would know. And so help us, Lord, as we continue this journey. Uh, we just pray that you would find us faithful. That at the end of the day, you would look at us and say, you did what I put you here to do. You were faithful to the call. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.